Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. Today we're going to be talking about the, I guess, plot, but also largely the writing of Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. Yeah. And before we get started, well, actually, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Steven. I'm Isaiah. I'm Charlie, apparently. Apparently? <laughs> You're just now learning this? No, it's bad bit. Charlie's the opening to 50% of visual novels. He's got amnesia, and we just told him what his name was. <laughs> Uh, you just inherited this farm. Sorry, that's every Rune Factory game. You just inherited this farm, and also a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast. Good luck. And also, there are like twelve girls and no boys around you. I played the first Rune Factory, and there were plenty of boys. You just couldn't date them. That's that's true. Rune Factory has weirdly been better about like having like multiple like gender partners. Like it it started that before Harvest Moon did. Well, I just meant, like, there were just kind of dudes around. Oh, yeah. There was, like, that dude that had... I guess there was kind of, like, one dude for each girl that, like, would crush on the girl, right? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Sonic the Hedgehog today, like <laughs> usual. <laughs> like usual. <laughs> if that's not why you're here, then I don't know why the heck you clicked on this podcast. Episode. Don't click away. Leave us a positive review on iTunes. <laughs> stop. Stop right now. If this is your first episode of the No Spin Dash Zone, that's kind of weird because it's a, it's a direct follow-up to a previous episode, but you're welcome to stay. Yeah. We're going to talk about S Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood for the Nintendo DS, a Bioware game. Yeah. <laughs> a it's an RPG, <laughs> as a matter of fact. I think the first hard RPG, like turn-based RPG that we've played on the show, you could argue that Boktai was RPG-esque in many capacities. Yeah. But going forward, I want to sort of establish this kind of rule that I'd like us to follow, which is that we're only going to assume that each of us has played the first 10 hours of any given RPG, and that'll help us make sure that we're not, you know, demanding that we spend eternity playing the whole breadth of an RPG for, you know, one podcast episode. So for me, 10 hours is the ideal length of an RPG. <laughs> That's silly, because you like some of the Final Fantasy games. I have enjoyed historically some of the Final Fantasy games, but would I play them now? No, they're too long. There's only one you don't like, right? Uh, it's the only one I beat. <laughs> well, uh, you know. <laughs> Final Fantasy 13, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Oops. But yeah, I mean, I think, like... I'm I'm gonna be that that grumpy guy that says video games are too long, just because I have too many other things in my life to do, but I don't want to miss out on them. Especially because this game, like Sonic Chronicles, does things that I've never seen a video game do. Like for example, uh, it does not care at all about looking or sounding good, and that's pretty new. <laughs> oh, I've seen plenty of games do that. Shovelware has been on the market for decades. But like, I want to be able to experience that and. There is American folklore about how we have a pit in the desert that was full of copies of E.T. for the Atari. <laughs> to be fair, that game was bad despite its best efforts. It was like, normally, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, so, so don't quote me on them, but it's like, normally, the developers get like six months to work on a game, and for this game, he was given six weeks to work on it. Dude, in the U.S., we have Bigfoot, the Mothman... And a giant pit full of copies of E.T. for the Atari. <laughs> <laughs> that game suffers from a lot of problems, but it's, like, length is not one of them. It's the perfect length. It's ten hours long. <laughs> it's ten hours long, and there's exactly one thing that you do. Yeah. 
there's no filler content. No, I'm not trying to roast the person who made it, but I'm just saying, Shovelware has been on the market for a while. Oh, yeah. But this game is not Shovelware. There's redeeming qualities. It's just not in the looks department. Yeah. And honestly, the backgrounds look alright. And that's kind of the most that you look at. I mean, I do like the, the visual novel sprites are, like, really good. Yeah, they're actually drawn pretty well. I remember tweeting about this, but, like, Amy's sheepish expression is the funniest thing in the world to me. Yeah, the one that yeah. looks like Candace from Phineas and Ferb. She's... <laughs> <laughs> I just... Something about... Like, their facial expressions convey very real emotions to me, which usually for, like, visual novel games, it tends to be, like... So we've got a happy face and, a like, a speaking face with their hand, like, up. And then they've got, like, a, a sad face or a scared face. And this one is like, no, 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 we're going to get a lot more specific. And, like, it's going to be specific to each character. And I think it helps convey who that character is visually outside yeah. of just the writing, which is really good. Like, the Knuckles faces are solid Knuckles faces. Yeah. Like, it's not just every character has an emotion. It's how would this specific character, knowing what we know about them, how would they convey that emotion? And it, like, reads differently. Yeah. The only one I'm curious about is Shadow, but I didn't get a ton of time to interact with him. Yeah. But it seems like he's done all right, but he is kind of like a single-tone character in most of his appearances. Yeah. And that tone shifts over time. Like, he's a cop in Sonic 06. <laughs> God. But... <laughs> I mean, the most depth he has is in Shadow the Hedgehog, where he's mostly just like, who am I? Am I this thing? No. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm a robot, but that doesn't matter. Or I'm going like, to kill Eggman. I'm an alien, but that doesn't matter. Or I'm me, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mistake. <laughs> a lot of it is finding out what he is and then realizing that that doesn't matter. Yeah. Because he's him. That's and that's true. cool. That's a fine development to have. And then he became yeah. a cop. And then he became a cop. I mean, I don't think that shadow is the same shadow as yeah. died in space and held Sonic's hand shadow. Do you think this shadow is the shadow from 06? Or the no. shadow from Shadow the Hedgehog? I think they're different shadows. I think this shadow is shadow from Sonic Battle. And yeah. I think we touched on that a little bit in the last episode, but I want to clarify why there's sort of this connection between the two for us. Mm -hmm. And it has to do with, for one, this is the only other game where gizoids appear. Well, except for Sonic Advance 3, but that's a... Gamerol's not a gizoid, he's just a robot that Eggman made. Well, it's... There's implications that he is built from, like, the remaining parts of Emerald. Right, but a gizoid is something with the ability to destroy, like, planets, and Gamerol... Sure, sure. ...had the ability to be a minor impediment to Sonic... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Gimrel is a pseudo-gizoid, you know? Yeah, yeah it's like the, the E-1000 series to the E-100 series. Yeah, pretty much. There is inspiration, but it's like a ten times more lame. Well, or it's just like, if we got like an alien engine and we just use it to make like a dumb gun. Yeah. It's like the same thing. Like, Eggman got a hold of... Like, basically a god robot, and he was like, what if I made it shoot drills out of its hands and turn it to a hammer? <laughs> it's like, alright, Eggman, whatever you want. <laughs> I do think, as with Sonic Battle, there's the same amount of emphasis on, like, character relationships. Yeah, that was the other thing, is that this is the most heavily written Sonic game besides Battle, and it's mm -hmm. the one with the most focus on smaller character interactions between big events. Yeah. 
And I think, I mean, Sonic Battle, like, makes its plot about relationships, whereas this game doesn't really do that. But it does have a lot of, like, complex relationships interlocking with each other. And there's a small amount of, like, relationship management, which is very Bioware. Yeah. And so it still, it still feels sort of spiritually the same. Yeah, I would also say that this game... What's the best way to put it? It feels like it takes inspiration from sort of the way that Sonic Battle took a snapshot of the Sonic characters and then just put them in a kind of completely different setting. Yeah. Because this doesn't really feel like any particular Sonic game in terms of setting. Would we agree on that? Yeah, well, because there's like Green Hill Zone is right next to a big city, which sure is not true in Sonic 1. Isn't it more of like an island, like according to the map? Like well, it's kind of off the coast of the city. There's a bridge directly to the city, though, but it does oh, feel like it's yeah. disconnected. Yeah, it doesn't. There's not a whole lot of good continuity. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Mystic Ruins is also right next door, but it's like a train ride away in Sonic Adventure. I think geographical continuity is just not a thing in any video game. I, I feel like Paper Mario has a bit where Luigi is like, man, Peach's castle feels like it looks different every time we go in. Because, like, it just has a different design in every video game, you know? Yeah, but that's not geographical consistency. That's architectural consistency. That's, you're right, but then also... I used a lot of, <laughs> a lot of big words there. Uh, actually, that's called tertiary consistency. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. It means nothing right now. But yeah, so I mean, to a certain extent, just because something is like geographically or architecturally inconsistent from game to game doesn't mean that it isn't the same canon, because that's just how video games are. Yeah, but the previous Sonic game, like Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 feel like they could easily take place in the same universe. That's true. Yeah. And Sonic Heroes doesn't, but that's okay. Doesn't Shadow the Hedgehog, like, reference Station Square at some point? Or am I thinking of a different game? I mean, even if they did, that doesn't, like... <laughs> it doesn't make the Sonic Heroes world feel more connected. Yeah. It just makes the game feel a little more connected. But, like, what I'm getting at is that I think that Sonic Battle in this game could take place in the same universe, whereas most Sonic games could not, you know, share that same space with these two entries in the series. Yeah, I, I agree with that, for sure. And it also does, like I said, a similar thing where all of the previous events makes sense but everything after this doesn't at all like oh, if you sure. played sonic unleashed after this which we will be doing it does not feel like you play friggin like sonic 06 and then you play sonic uh friggin what is this game called <laughs> sonic chronicles of the dark brotherhood for the nintendo ds a bioware game yeah you can't play that and then play sonic unleashed and feel like it makes sense yeah. Although I feel like you could play Sonic 06 and then play this and it would make sense and you could play Sonic 06 and then Unleashed and it would be clear that Sega decided they had made a mistake. Well, it's also, it's it's the same as like Shadow in Sonic Battle feels like Shadow in, from Shadow the Hedgehog are just two different characters. Like they're both right. a follow up from Sonic Adventure 2, but there's no consistency. Bet- like it's like a split timeline. Yeah, for sure. I also think that Tails maybe plays that role in this, where it the Tails that we have right now feels like he grew up from one of the previous Tails, for sure. Yeah, but, but that growth is not present in future titles. Yeah, for sure. Just like Shadow's growth with Emerald and his, it seems like his acceptance of the trauma that he's been through in battle. Yeah. Or at least like he, he's getting closer to that. It seems like it's completely gone later. Yeah. And then also some character relationships are different, like 
the relationships between individual characters in this game don't feel like they're contiguous with future games at all. Yeah, I mean, like, Amy never brings up her boyfriend again after this game. <laughs> Dude, Dexter <laughs> is my favorite character. <laughs> I forget, does she, like, reveal that Dexter is fake, like, just through conversation options, or does it just happen naturally? First of all, there's no doubt in my mind that Dexter is fake, and that means I really no, hope he he's is. real. No, he is. Like, I remember going through, like, her admitting it. All right. I'm just asking, because ha- it's been a while, like, whether or not that was, like, something you had to instigate through, like, dialogue options, or it just naturally happens in the story. I, I mean, I imagine, given how often she brings it up, it would have to be something that, like, comes to a head. Because it's, there's a setup, and then there's a payoff. And if you had to search for the payoff for such a, like, dialogue that comes up multiple times in the main, like, story, I feel like that would be a little odd. Even though yeah. it's like it's not relevant to the plot so much as it is to to characters, it is like that is main story characterization. So that has to be a main story like character arc that that comes to pass, you know. But I don't know. I, I didn't get that far. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I haven't gotten that far either. I only got to the midway point of chapter five, and at that point, I don't think she's brought it up. I do like the bit. I get the impression that Amy claims to have a boyfriend specifically because she's trying to distance herself from Sonic. Yeah. She is trying to, like... I I got a vibe kind of from every character in the game, which is that they're all a little bit uncomfortable around Sonic right now, and they don't want to say it. And, like, they would a little bit split ties with him if the situation were a bit more convenient. Yeah, to me it seems maybe less like they want to separate themselves from him, but more that they want to not have to rely on him as much because he, as soon as one threat was dealt with, Sonic bailed. Yeah. And actually, I think this is a good place to start talking about sort of the brief summary of the story. Okay. So as we mentioned last time, this game opens with a bunch of airships flying towards... or not airships, they're uh, a bunch of, like, gun planes flying towards Eggman's airship, or is it supposed to be his island? I think it's a bunch of ships. Isn't it? Like, I thought it looked just like his uh, armada in Sonic Heroes. Yeah, I remember yeah. getting in, like an egg carrier, egg fleet vibe. That's what I thought too. But then they talk about Eggman's landmass being attacked later in the game. So maybe it's like they hit him here and then they went and messed up his city too or something. Or maybe vice versa. I'd call the translation error, but this was made in a Western country that speaks English. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, we see a bunch of guns go to somewhere where Eggman supposedly is. A bunch of guns, a bunch of, like, gun planes. And they make (laughs) pew-pew laser noises. Like, literally, it's like, pew-pew-pew-pew-pew, instead of gunshot sounds. Yeah. And (laughs) you see a lot of explosions, and then we cut to Sonic sort of just running along a road. And it's presumably in Green Hill Zone somewhere. It's It's not like a paved road. It's just, like, the Green Hill style. It's a ground. It's a path. A path, yeah, that'll be a good word for it. And he gets a call from Tails saying that there's a problem and he needs Sonic to come and meet him. And does he explain here that the what the yeah, problem is, the, or does he wait? That the Marauders have like taken the Chaos Emeralds and also Knuckles. Yeah, for some reason I remember like the opening scene having Tails say, "Come meet me." Because he's, like, on a communicator, maybe he doesn't want to explain it all on the communicator, he'd rather be in person. But then there's a scene shortly after where Tails just explains it then without being face-to-face with Sonic. <laughs> yeah, but he d- he does explain that the Marauders have taken the Chaos Emeralds and Knuckles. 
Yeah, and Sonic is, you know, surprised because the idea that a group of people would be able to outfight Knuckles, even if it is, you know, more than one of them against just him, it's crazy because Knuckles is the best fighter on planet Earth or whatever. Yeah, on whatever planet this is. Yeah, and Tails mentions that he even laid traps and they got through those, so it's clear that the Marauders are not to be messed with. They are a capable group. Yeah, so Sonic is, you know... He's worried, so he runs through Green Hill, he helps out an old man by chopping some wood for some reason, and then he <laughs> he gets to the, like, bottom, like, the southmost point of Green Hills. Green, oh my god, the Sonic movie got me. <laughs> you got got. He gets to the southmost point of Green Hill, and Amy is there, and she sort of just joins up with him, because... There's a group of boxes blocking the way, and even though Sonic could actually just jump over them, she smashes them to help him. <laughs> and this is when you get your first opportunity to either rag on Amy, be nice to her, or just try and master the dialogue. <laughs> so what did you guys think of Amy's introduction in this game? My biggest overall problem with the game, in terms of writing, is that exposition is like it's is very bad at it. Yeah, there's kind of too much to exposit expose yeah but like <laughs> i i really felt for a long time that i was con like i was just lost from context like later they mention like eggman being maybe dead they don't say dead but you know they get close to it they say gone a lot. yeah <laughs> and i'm like wait hold on when did when did we kill eggman that was in the opening cutscene that lasted for for 10 seconds yeah. Pew pew pew. Eggman's dead. And then it cuts to Sonic just running and like they they reference later Sonic being gone and I don't feel like they I don't feel like they do a good job of like expositing that a lot of time passes between a big violent event with Eggman being defeated and now and Sonic has been absent the whole time. And yeah. this kind of happens with every introduced character is that they're like and then this character enters the, the screen because we just need them to be in the story and in the gameplay. Like, we needed some boxes to break. That's how we'll show you that some characters need to do some things, and that's also how we get Amy into the story. Right, and it's super weird that she meets Sonic before Tails in this instance because if Amy is just out running around, why isn't Tails? Yeah. And Science! <laughs> yeah, like, we kind of can assume that Tails is working on something important, but, spoiler alert, he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's actually not at all. He, as a matter of fact, he's, like, avoiding working on something that would be important, but you have to wait until he works on it later, which is his plane. His plane is, like, not working, but instead of working on it with this time that Sonic is spending running around, he's just hanging out, telling Sonic what to do, which is kind of cool because <laughs> he's just making demands of Sonic now. It's also, real quick, before we uh, get past this part, there's a segment where Sonic and Tails are talking, and Tails mentions... Or does Sonic mention it for One of them mentions Green Hill Zone, and Sonic talks about it like it was a fun time, and Tails is like, Sonic, our friends were getting hurt then. Yeah. yeah. And Sonic just kind of brushes over it, and I was like, this interaction is super interesting because it really highlights that Sonic does not take anything seriously, Yeah. but other characters actually do, unlike in most games. Well, and it's it's interesting because like, this line was like written for comedy, but I also think that it gets at there are a lot of moments of tension between Sonic and the other characters. Yeah. And some of them are funny, and then later some of them are just serious. Right, and it's cool because this one does three things. It plays for laughs, it sets up the fact that Tails might be a little uncomfortable with the fact that Sonic has not matured at all. Yeah. 
And then it also sets up continuity with previous games. Because it's like, hey, just so you know, <laughs> Sonic, the original Sonic the Hedgehog is canon. Yeah. Or at least, like, some version of Sonic 1 is canon. Yeah. But yeah, basically we meet Amy, and we also hear about Amy's new boyfriend, Dexter. I don't know why, but Dexter is the perfect name for a fictional boyfriend in Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, in Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Like, you would never name- like, no one in Sonic <laughs> is gonna ever na be named Dexter. So, like, that's- immediately I know it's fake. <laughs> It's as if this was made in not Japan. Also, she doesn't call him Dexter the Animal, so, like, are we to assume that her fake boyfriend is fake human? It's just a person. A human Ooh, person. scandalous. He's I, like, hi, my name's Dexter Sanchez. That's, if interspecies romance is okay in Sonic, then one of those species being human is probably also okay. Right? I. It wouldn't be the first time. It's not, <laughs> that's like... true. If that human was shaped like a Sonic character, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> that's fair. Human the Hedgehog. No, that's that doesn't make any human sense. Human the Hedgehog. <laughs> Dude, that needs to... We need to put a bullet in that cursed-ass image before it even gets made. <laughs> Now's the time to draw NSDZ fan art. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Our, our OC human the Hedgehog. All right, moving right along. Yeah, also, <laughs> I don't know why I said also. Go ahead, I said. <laughs> I like the bit where Amy just makes up characteristics about Dexter on the fly. Yeah, and she seems to kind of stick to her story, but she just doesn't say much about him. Yeah. She's like, he's busy, so I don't think he'd really want to talk to you. <laughs> also, if you take the non-Sonic ride on this one and just talk to Amy for a while about her boyfriend, even if you're not taking the snarky option, which is actually just being a horrible person, <laughs> Yeah. she'll get mad at you at the end if you just, like, talk to her about it for too long, which makes sense because she's embarrassed that her fake boyfriend is not as fleshed out as he needed to be if you were actually going to listen to her. <laughs> yeah, she's just, like, getting stressed out about being asked about this lie. <laughs> I I actually do want to mention, before we move on, because you brought up that your snarky options are just being mean, it makes sense to me that you can be mean to NPCs in video games, like, if you want to, but, like, for some reason, it's just, like, way too much that you can be mean to your friends in this game. I never pick the snarky options because I'm exclusively mean to my friends, and that just feels extra wrong. Yeah, but it kind of feels right for Sonic sometimes. Yeah. Like, it makes sense that Sonic's face is next to being hasty and Sonic's face is next to being rude, but Sonic's face is not next to being inquisitive. <laughs> like, you get to choose how much Sonic has grown during his time away from his friends. But he's such a dick in those options. Oh, yeah. But he's, like, think about how lighthearted he is during segments in his life where his friends have been literally put into robots and, like, used as a power source. That's true. Well, rough, dude. this isn't he's the like, comics. Don't worry, Uncle Chuck, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Oh, God. It's the comics now, baby. There are SWAT bots in this game. That's true. Yeah, that is really weird. I'm surprised we didn't talk about that last time, but we forgot, and... It's such a it's such a hodgepodge of continuity this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, apparently, spoiler alert: the the what are they called? The Marauders yeah. are a group of echidnas that are bad guys, which is kind of a concept taken from the Archie comics. They're also swap bots <laughs> in this game. And let me tell you, the creator of that original concept was not happy that they did it in this game. Yeah, and that's why people theorize that this game didn't get the sequel that it was clearly set up for. Ah. Oh, God. Fuck Ken Penders. 
<laughs> yeah, fuck Ken Penders. But he also gave us the Sonic Archie comics. So, like, I don't know, man. It's it's a weird situation. I'm sorry, but uh, Shade the Echidna is clearly based off of Leanda from my own ideas. So, we're going to have to ex... Ix? Is that what people say? Nix. Sure. Nix. Ix is or the villain Axe. in this game. Spoilers. Nix is you? a... Is a Warframe. Uh, Knicks is actually a sports team. Yeah, it's the it's it's the New York Knicks basketball. I know sports, kind of. He's <laughs> got him. <laughs> I love this New York Knicks basketball. I know sports. Nailed it. <laughs> no one suspects a thing. The old Wee. pig skin. <laughs> Stop. That's a Sonic. It's a Sonic. <laughs> That's I get Sonic. Sonic yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, this turned into a shit show real fast. Well, it's Sonic it started Chronicles. that way. Oh god. Let's get back to the store. Yeah, get back to the store. So after you meet up with Amy, you meet up. Well, you don't meet up. You accidentally run into a member of the Marauders, and there's a little bit of dialogue, and then you basically beat him up, and he runs away, or she runs away. I can't. I don't think they're gendered. They mentioned their leader Shade specifically saying Sonic cannot pass. Yes, that's true. This is the first time we hear about Shade, who becomes more important at a point in the game, which we will actually not be discussing a lot. So maybe maybe this is like, this falls into, I haven't gotten far enough to see that actually it was genius the whole time. Wait, can I complain <laughs> about Shade's name just being Shadow but different? That, I mean, it doesn't matter because she's not related to Shadow in any capacity. Yeah, but like, that's the problem, I guess? Yeah, but I mean, in real life, people are named Alex and Alex and Alex and Alex and Alex, and I've <laughs> ran into many a Steven, let me tell you. Yeah, but how many pieces of fiction do you know where there are multiple Alexes? I don't know, man. Let's talk about Wally from Pokemon for a second. Okay, Wally and Wallace is dumb. No, it's not. It's realistic. Yeah, but it's dumb. Like, it's... No, nah, man, I think it adds, like, a layer of real... Like, the idea that there oh, are my... not... Hey, guys. You're right. <laughs> we, we started arguing about Pokemon again. Yeah, we need to... We need to... <laughs> we need to cut off this head before Hydra's. Well, I'm about to, because I'm going to say that the idea that a universe, or, like, a region in a universe would not have a common name is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Because in, you know, our real world, most countries have names that are super popular, so... Honestly, like, Shadow sounds like the most Sonic-y name you can have besides Sonic to me. Okay. It's just like a noun. So, I feel like yeah. it works. I mean, I think everybody's named after nouns in Sonic. Like, Tails and Knuckles are just body parts. Except for Amy. <laughs> yeah, except for Amy. And Big is an adjective. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that the idea that Shade and Shadow's names are close actually, honestly, is more realistic to me than non-realistic. I guess so. Unrealistic. And also Dexter. Dexter's just a normal name. Yeah, but dude, where did she get the name Dexter? Amy's right. totally real boyfriend. So after you meet up with Amy, you fight the Marauder, and then you go to Tails' shack. But if you want to, there's an opportunity for you to not go to Tails' shack right away. And instead, you can go a little bit south in Central City. Oh, I, I should have mentioned that we were going to Central City. You, you leave Green Hill and go to Central City to meet up with Tails because that's where his current shack is. Doesn't Central City explode in Shadow the Hedgehog? Well, part of it. To quote Weezer, back to the shack. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. To quote Black Doom, make the humans suffer. <laughs> I'm already suffering. Well, good. We did it. To quote Weezer, make the humans suffer. <laughs> So, if you go south before you head over to Tail's Shack, you can meet up with Rouge before you're supposed to in the story. And if you talk to her right now, 
she won't let you pass kind of the way that, you know, most RPGs roadblock you if they want you to talk to someone first. But you can have a unique little string of dialogue with her where she tells you that you need to go talk to Tails first and Sonic is like, why can't we just go there on our own if you pick that option? And she explains that Tails has become like a much more prominent figure in the community kind of and it seems like he's almost like an advisor or something to the military force in Central City. Or at the very least, he's like the guy they go to when stuff is wrong and Eggman is involved, you know? Yeah. And it's, or Eggman or robots in general, because obviously they think Eggman is dead, but his presence is still felt, sort yeah. of. Yeah, he still has robots around. And I think that's super cool. And at the end, she caps off the conversation by saying a lot has changed while you've been gone. And I think that's just a super neat way to set up the game and also reward a little bit of exploration. Yeah. Sure. I I do wish they spent a little bit more time in chapter one and also kind of chapter two being like, oh yeah, by the way, like... Stuff has happened while you've been gone, and, like, not all of it has been, like, important or stories worth telling, but, like, you, your absence has been felt. Yeah, I do think that it kind of, like, stops being as important that Sonic was gone later, but each character kind of says one little thing about it. Yeah. But, yeah, you go and you meet up with Tails, and he explains in slightly more details what's happened with the Marauders, and then he takes you to, or he doesn't take you, I guess, he, like, suggests that you go to the... Commander, which may or may not be the same guy from Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> it's we'd mentioned this in the previous episode, but it's just weird to think of that guy as being the same one who was like eliminate the black aliens or whatever. Yeah. Shadow's in that group. Kill Shadow. <laughs> yeah. Because of a personal vendetta. But I think it's super weird that the first people you meet in this game, Amy gets added to your party, and that kind of adds up because it makes sense that you know, we're going to have a Sonic RPG, and we need a character that hits hard. Let's get Amy with her hammer. Yeah. But, you know, the next character you get is Tails, and that makes sense because he was the second character ever introduced in the Sonic franchise. But then the fourth character that you get is Rouge? Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange, but... I, I mean, mean, in the story, it makes sense because of Gun. And, and also, Knuckles like, is Knuckles missing, is not so there, I, guess, yeah. I guess Rouge is a good surrogate Knuckles. Yeah. Surrogate Knuckles. She's... She's also super flirtatious with Sonic in both of the possible interactions. I think it also, I mean, I think it also makes sense because she joins the search for Knuckles in Chapter 2, The Search for Knuckles. Uh, (laughs) Don't say it like it's a freaking Star Wars movie or something. (laughs) And, like, I think she, out of every character, has the most motivation to search for Knuckles for non-saving-the-world-related reasons. Because she's, like, he's cute or whatever. I don't know. Like... She's like, I want to bone him. Get off my back. I just enjoy pretty things like Jules and that bod. <laughs> like Jules and Knuckles' knuckles. Yeah, his nuts. That definitely exist. <laughs> but yeah, she's also super flirtatious with Sonic, which I don't remember happening in most games. Not that she even gets a chance to interact with him, really. There are only... I mean, he, she really only interacts with Knuckles in Sonic Adventure 2 and then Shadow in Shadow the Hedgehog, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, before and this a- game. Eggman a little bit, right? But she's not really flirtatious with Shadow. Yeah, because I think she sees him as a child. <laughs> I guess so. Like, she's like, I can manipulate battle. this boy. <laughs> no, no, maybe a little. I mean, it in... seems like she thinks of herself as the mother, or at least the aunt, of Shadow and Omega. <laughs> I definitely right? see the aunt figure, for sure, yeah. Rouge is the Sonic auntie. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> yeah, she is a, she's a cougar. I mean, she's a bat, but she's a cougar. <laughs> No, get, <laughs> stop. 
She does definitely seem to be the most mature out of any of them. I don't know what that means in like bat years or whatever, but <laughs> I mean she's years. eighteen canonically. Yeah, that, she is like I don't I do not care about their canonical ages. Big is are... also eighteen. Stop. <laughs> Stop it. He's he's wise beyond his years. Yeah, dude, he what was it? He knows a lot about Walking Dead trivia. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Thanks for bringing back instant regret. Yeah. Watch the Valentine's Day episode. All right. So yeah, you can meet up with Rouge, and then you go to talk to the gun commander, and he's like, "Yo, we don't we don't know what's going on with these marauders. Do you guys have any ideas?" And like, Tails mentions that he thinks it might be some sort of Eggman related plot, and then they, the gun commander tells you that they have the chaotics looked like looking around or have looked around Green Hill Zone and they found like old Eggman hideouts? Is that what it was? Honestly, I don't remember at all. It, I mean, it becomes like this is the segue into like a kind of a go to the places and fight a mini boss yeah. and once you've gone to all the places fight a main boss. Directly after this, the story kind of takes a back seat sort of to just the idea of exploration. Yeah. Right. And and the thinking is that the Marauders want Eggman's technology, basically. So you want to go and figure out what's up with that. And you just do a lot of, like, point A to point B to point C to point D. I and think, I eventually... think this is, like, an appropriate time for an exploration focus for the game. Oh, yeah. Because you... And I think this is also the bit when you... Uh, you do that for a bit, and then in Chapter 3, which is roughly the same kind of explore instead of, like, learn about the story, you unlock a new environment to also have to explore right sorry i didn't want to get a get ahead of the plot summary not you're all good i think that's kind of like where the plot goes for a while because you're supposedly looking for knuckles but in reality you're just trying to find clues anywhere you can yeah and like uh big shows up for no reason he joins the party for no reason well he doesn't show up actually you find him because the third area that you go to which is the mystic ruins yes yeah but it looks so different from And it's the filled ruins. with poison gas, unlike yeah. the actual Mystic Ruins that <laughs> we've like, ever seen. It's, it is also a swamp and not a ruins? Yeah. Yeah. But There's a lot big more there, mechanical he... stuff there, too. Well, because it's Eggman's base, but still. Right. But yeah, big, big the cat is there. And then this is the spot where, if, if effectively, the things that you've searched for up until this point have allowed Tails to make a communicator or something, like a reverse-engineered tracking device of some sort. Yeah. And it leads you to this location in the Mystic Ruins. And you go into that location, and it's like a little base, and you find a bunch of marauders there, and then you find Knuckles, who is being held captive there. It, it should mention, so, uh, like, Tails' device is like a signal locator to find uh like traces of Eggman or whatever uh, yeah but one of the things that you find is actually shadow you stumble on upon shadow and shadow is like really dodgy about like why he's here it's over oh, sonic yeah, that's i have right. the high ground yeah he <laughs> he has the high ground you fight a small boss and then he's got a piece of Eggman tech on him Actually, it's super cool. You don't have to fight Knuckles there, depending on how the dialogue goes. That's yeah. true, yeah. I didn't fight him, actually. Oh, you mean Shadow. Yeah. If you talk to Shadow in a particular way, he'll be like, well, let's sell it now then, Sonic, and then you fight, and, you know, you'll probably win. Not now, yeah. Shadow. <laughs> yeah, but if you do that, if you're like, let's not fight Shadow, he's like, okay, but I'm not staying around here. Yeah, <laughs> he just leaves. I'm not allowed to be playable yet. Yeah. <laughs> Later, I did but forget not now. that he's... 
<laughs> I forgot that he set off the, like, Eggman was here beep. Yeah, because he, I mean, he just had a device on him for reasons that I'm pretty sure never get explained. They, it was there, I think, to find Omega. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. But that's, like, interpretation. I don't think it's ever explicitly mentioned. Yeah. I, th I think that is a good explanation, though. Yeah. But yeah, he basically mentions that he's looking for Omega, but he's not super important to the story right now. It's kind of just a side thing to mm -hmm. remind you that there are Sonic characters here that are not the Marauders. Yeah, I think it is a good, like, not foreshadowing, but like a promise of, of hey, Shadow's going to be in this game and he's going to be at least semi-important. Yeah, it's like a watch out. Yeah, it's like a teaser. Yeah, and then you go and you free Knuckles, and he does what you might expect him to. He's like, Psh, I didn't need your help. I was about to get out on my own. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like the dialogue here. It's not super detailed, but Knuckles tells you basically some of the things he's been hearing uh, as he's been captured, and he mentions Shade again. And he also talks to Sonic in a way that's kind of dismissive. He's like, you weren't here to help us when we needed it. I, I love this bit because I think that everybody is a little bit feeling like, hey, you weren't here and that sucks and we're a little uncomfortable. And Knuckles is like, I am not afraid to say this. This is what yeah. I'm thinking, and kind of everybody else is, say is thinking the same thing, too. They're just not willing to say it, and, like, right. you have the option to ask everybody if they feel the same way, and they all just kind of, like, avoid answering. Yeah, they shoegaze, kind there's, of. There's a bit where, like, you can be like, oh, what about you and you? And Rouge is like, yeah, I don't care at all. Like, I, I'm just <laughs> here. I'm here to, to find jewels and kill ghouls, and I'm all out of ghouls. <laughs> and then Tails is like, well, you've been gone a long time and I've had to like do things on my own. And then you have like another option to ask the group and be like, what about you, Amy? And she's like, I have a boyfriend. Like, <laughs> it's such, it's like the, the best subtext I've ever seen in a Sonic game. Like, yeah, it's got like, like it communicates what it wants to, but it does so without explicitly stating it in like a really cool way. Yeah, and it's also, there's a segment where you can tell Knuckles that you want to work together with him. Yeah. And he, and he says something along the lines of, I mean, we've gotten here without your help, why do we need your help now, more or less? Mm -hmm. And you can, as Sonic, you kind of eventually have to be like, stop kidding around, we gotta work together on this, they're clearly tough, they whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I the last part is only if you choose the snarky option. <laughs> this game is like, like it's... So, Sonic Battle was like, everybody gets along, and these are the different types of relationships. And this is like, there is tension between characters, like, yeah. the whole time. And, like, you can do some relationship management, but mostly you're just, everybody's a little uncomfortable around each other. Yeah, well, and they also do all soften up, because there's their, there's their, okay, let me, <laughs> <laughs> there are these really cool segments in the Strongholds, where you can talk to each of your partners yeah. and see how they're feeling. And if you do those, they sort of work out their emotions in those conversations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really cool. And you get the vibe that the more you do that, it's not like, it doesn't have any real meaningful impact on the game or even the dialogue, but it kind of feels like you're talking through your problems and figuring out more about how everyone has been doing since you were gone. Yeah. And it's kind of nice that way. So, so they go back to, uh, stop me if I'm, like, getting details wrong, but this is, I'm going on memory right now. Uh, yeah, go for it. They go back to Tails' workshop, and, oh, no, at this point, they, they leave the base where Knuckles was in, and they look up in the sky, and the, like, Angel Island is gone. 
Yeah, it's not where it used to be. So, so they go back to Tails' base to regroup, and there's, like, a disagreement about, like, what they should do next. They should either, like, try and find Angel Island, or they should try and find Eggman using the device they made to find Eggman. Right. Um, and I remember distinctly this bit because uh, Knuckles is like, we can't waste our time finding Eggman because he's probably dead anyway. We got to find Angel Island because I got to protect the emeralds because that's the whole reason that I, like, am right uh and tails is like well if we find eggman that might like that's our best like that's our best lead as to like what's going on and the game lets you pick a side but then it takes away that ability like the the continue button is side with tails and the ask for more informations button is side with knuckles and then once you've exhausted that dialogue all that's left is the continue button which is side with tails yeah, initially I was kind of iffy on that because obviously the game has to kind of what do you call it like funnel you. Yeah. Or it's what, it's, what it's the, a linear di- game. What does it call it when diverging paths meet back up? Uh, converging paths. Regrouping. It basically just has to get you from point A to point B, even if you take a different route. There. Yeah, like you have to but, end up in the same place no matter where this dialogue yeah. like leads you. And if you're asking me, I would say that they took the coward's way out or whatever. <laughs> like, especially yeah. a younger me. And I would say what they should have done is make, like, an alternate bonus chapter where you and Knuckles just go and try to kick ass on your own. <laughs> and then it doesn't work and you have to meet up with Tails again. But, like, I would I would like that to be there. But at one the thing least, I do like... At the very least, it should have been a little bit more convincing as to why going with Knuckles' plan wouldn't have worked. Because I think there is, like, a... Hey, you could try and find Angel Island, but we literally don't have any leads for where it is, so finding Eggman is our best, like, sense of direction. Well, Tails says that. Yeah, but I, like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like there's enough of a, like, concession on that point in well, that the thing I like, tree. the thing I like, actually, is that, you know, I, I still think it would be better if you could just go with Knuckles, but I think the way they handle this is really cool, because... Sonic can say that he wants to work with Knuckles, but Tails just outreasons him, and everyone <laughs> respects Tails more now than they used to, and Tails will actually stand his own ground on his points in this game, and I love that. That's true, yeah. So, like, when Tails says, Sonic, you're being dumb, basically, <laughs> and he says that we should go and find Eggman, you as Sonic just have to accept that, because Tails is smarter than you. And and Knuckles does say right before this, like, Sonic, you're not in charge anymore. Yeah. Like, you everyone don't is- get to decide what we do. Everyone is telling Sonic that he's not the most important person anymore, and I feel like, you know, Knuckles hasn't grown as much as Tails, I don't think. Yeah. But Knuckles does seem better at articulating his points in this case than in any other case. Yeah. <laughs> and I really enjoy that. I... My favorite part of this game, for sure, is just Tails' growth as a character. I like this game's Knuckles because it feels like Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 Knuckles, as opposed yeah. to the, like, like, dumb and angry Knuckles that we get after that. Right, dumb and angry, but also just, like, the pet of Sonic and Tails. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, he feels like he's his own character who's very serious and very, like, goal-driven. You yeah. know, like, really focused and, like, like tunnel vision, you know? Yeah, but he's also, much like everyone in this game, he's better spoken. Yeah. And I think <laughs> and that's kind of that cool. that is the good writing. Well, that, but I mean, also, like, they just say more at this point, but I think that's good because they've grown more, so it makes sense that they're more talkative instead of being hasty, and it's cool because you can play Sonic as if he has grown as well and is more talkative, 
or you can play him as Hasty, and you know your Sonic just didn't grow at all on his time spent away from his friends. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the coolest choice that you get in the overarching dialogue. So then, but yeah, I, that brings us. Oh, uh, I have ahead. I have two more notes before I like run out of notes. Uh, one of them comes up pretty <laughs> soon. You have to go on a side quest to return a man's favorite stapler. <laughs> Wait, Wait dude, was that you, a side quest or is that like an actual part of the story? You, it's it's a side quest insofar as it's registered as a separate quest, but it is required for the story. You have okay. to run into Stapler Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shop owner and he trades it for a coffee maker that's actually a piece of Eggman tech. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the I sale the guy that. he traded to is like a shady salesman and <laughs> it's kind of an interesting bit, honestly. Yeah, it it felt really flavorful, and I was kind of hoping that the sleazy like salesman would show up again, and I could buy useless shit from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I do love the idea of like a sleazy salesman who who sells stuff that's actually useless, but because you have like a really good mechanic on you, it just happens to be secretly very useful. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's like a pretty good bit. I just I wish he sold other random things later on that were seemingly useless, but then Tails can make, like, drones out of them or something. Like, he unlocks abilities that way. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they could do something funny with him, but it seems like they designed this whole character, and then he just bails after this side, <laughs> not side quest. He's like, this stapler caused me nothing but trouble anyway. <laughs> and then he's out. Is the stapler bit a reference to the office space? Yeah, Milton. Yeah. Because, like, the so, character dude. looks kind of similar, but I don't know if that's just a coincidence. Because do they don't just speak mean that the he's, same way. Do you just mean that he's a heavyset adult white male? He's he's wearing glasses, and he's got the short hair. Like, it's... There is... It's more than just, you know... I don't know. That he's that he's a white guy? <laughs> <laughs> every every also, white person is a reference to Milton from The Office Space. <laughs> he also doesn't... Please don't call it The Office Space, because there's a show called The Office, and the movie's called Office Space. <laughs> the Office Space. <laughs> and I feel like you're blending them together, and every time you say The Office Space, I feel like you're mixing it up, but then you M- Michael Scott say is the my right favorite one. character from Office Space. Okay. <laughs> but as another note, that man never burns down any buildings, so I feel like it can't be That's a because he got his stapler back, dude. He would have. He's saying in the AU of this game. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, Office Space takes place in the Sonic universe. Yeah, he goes to the gun commander's building and just burns it down. (laughs) And Tails is like, whoa, what happened? This must be Eggman, guys. Let's go find Eggman. (laughs) It's a good bit. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, you basically go to try and find Eggman. And eventually you do. You find out that he's got one last little hideout in the corner of Green Hill. I think you have to, like, reverse engineer some satellites to find him or something. Yeah, you gotta, like, you have to basically send a signal to a force field in order to turn it off. Oh, that's right. You have to turn off the barrier entry. You knew where it was, but you didn't know how to get in. That's yeah. right. And this is also your opportunity to grab Cream if you want her in your party. Yeah. She is She's trying to find Cheese in the Green Hill. And Cheese is just, like, in a cave up a cliff. It's it's a very yeah. easy side quest to get a very good healer, a very good white mage rather. It's kind of weird though because the the what do you call it like the cave that you can go to to find cheese. If you go there before you've started that side quest to unlock cream, he's not in that room, and you can clean out that room 
and then I leave. Th I think that's why I never completed that quest is because I had been there and it didn't occur to me to re-explore it. Yeah. I was lucky because I forgot that I had been there and then I found cheese in there and I was like, this would be very easy to miss if you're the type of person that clears entire areas out before you move on to the next thing. Yeah. And there's also another reason to be looking for things here because Big the Cat, if you talk to him before starting this chapter, I think it's chapter three by the time you're doing these things. Yeah. If you talk to him in the stronghold, he'll be like, Hey, I haven't found Froggy in a while. You mind helping? Isn't it like <laughs> then, a is no, no it's, it's like a friend of Froggy's. Froggy's friend is missing. And he's like, oh, I yeah, don't know anything like about him other than he's a frog, so just look out for frogs. <laughs> it's like Ferdinand or something, right? <laughs> it's like a real name. Yeah, it's Dexter. just like a human name. <laughs> My frog, also Amy's boyfriend. God, Amy's boyfriend is just a frog. <laughs> Dexter, that's where you went. <laughs> Ribbit. But yeah, you're already looking around all of Green Hill if you're doing this side quest. So it, it it's super messy, I feel. I feel like they should have given you Cream's quest first and then given you Big's quest. That way you would know, oh, these places I've already checked have frogs in them, so I might as well go to each interesting spot, and then that would lead you to cheese if you hadn't already found them. There was a bit in my brain as I was playing this quest where I saw a frog, and I was like, is that cheese? No. Uh, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> you were, like, trying to equip a frog as a, as a chow partner. It's a good bit. That'd be super good if you could get a frog into your weird not chow garden in this game. There's a frog You're equip over it there. and it does nothing. Anyway, yeah, you can find frogs and you can find cream, and cream is super useful. But if you go to the little base after you turn off the force field, you'll find that Eggman is down there with some of his SWAT bots, and I guess he's just been living in the corner of Green Hill, like, not making a mess of anything. Yeah. For the... For however many years have passed since Sonic decided to bounce, it, that's never made clear. It just says a while later, so it could be anywhere between like a couple weeks, and I doubt it, or like my my guess is like six months. I was thinking almost like a year or two. I could see I could see a year because it's clearly the same season. As, yeah, that's what I was as thinking. in the scene where Eggman gets taken down. Right. But, like, to me, it feels like a long time has passed, because everyone is looking at Sonic like, dude, where were you? I just feel like, and I know this is a complaint that I've made in this episode, but I feel like they just don't do nearly a good enough job of being like, some time has passed since then. They just say a while later and leave it at that. Like, yeah, I think the, the exposition for uh, Eggman was defeated, and then Sonic took a vacation for too long, and then here we are. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not conveyed well enough in my opinion. Yeah. But they find Eggman and they ask him, like, what's going on. They, like, do the thing that they frequently do with Eggman where they assume that he's doing terrible things and then he's like, <laughs> no, not me. They're like, explain yourself. And he explains himself and they're like, liar. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, no, I'm not lying. And they're like, Sonic, I think we should trust him. I, I do like the bit, there's, uh, Eggman goes, I wouldn't trust me either. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know that nothing I say, like, you're not gonna believe me without, like, a really good reason. Because he is, but, he is a dick. Like, he's very evil. Yeah, he's not a good person. Yeah. And then he essentially says, like, oh, I know where Angel Island is, it's being pulled towards Metropolis. You know, my house or whatever that is the size of a city. Also, for the record... 
uh, and then Eggman's robots have been taken over by the Marauders. Is is the bit, which is why he's like here, and also why Sorry, Eggman you... activity has been cited is that the Marauders stole his machines and have been using them. Yeah, I guess we didn't mention that at any point, but that was kind of one of the theories that Tails had, also. Yeah, and then it gets confirmed here. And the Marauders also stole his base as well. Yeah, they kind of roasted Eggman harder than anybody else. There's a bit where he's like, uh, Metropolis may actually be more dangerous than when I was in charge of it, if you can believe that. Right, because they don't care if it gets destroyed, whereas he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then you go to an ice territory oh, for yeah. reasons. Oh, yeah, they have like an outpost there, right? Yeah, it's like you're trying to figure out what they're up to. Yeah. But I think that Eggman knows, yeah, Eggman knows where Angel Island is. Oh, okay, I remember why you go to the frozen area, because he's like... We can't get in there from the normal route. Like, we can't just go up because they have security. So we have to find a secret entrance that I made and didn't tell anyone about. And that's why you go to the ice cap zone. It's yeah. not ice cap zone. Blue Ridge zone? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Blue Ridge zone sounds about right. Also, my yeah. last note, everything else after this is just based off of memory. I just needed to put this down. Eggman uh, talks about when he was young and full of beans. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that actually reminds me of something else I wanted to mention. <laughs> Hell yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I think that I think that the first person to just buy into Eggman's like I don't know what you want to call it, like please is Knuckles in true Knuckles fashion. <laughs> That's really good. I remember I have a note on that. I'm like, dude, Knuckles just is selling the trope that he invented. <laughs> Also, uh, Eggman calls himself Robotnik, and no one else does, and I just think that's a good bit. Yeah, that is a good bit. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. He does not correct anybody when they call him Eggman. He just calls himself Robotnik, and no one pays attention. <laughs> yeah, but also during Blue Ridge Zone is when you get full access to Shadow. He essentially joins your party on the premise that you're going to Metropolis and it would be hard for him to do that alone and we're going to look for Omega and then he's leaving when that's done, basically. Yeah. Uh, he does and not, however. No, yeah. Fun fact, he stays in your class. Your class. He stays in your party. Yeah. In true RPG fashion, somebody joins the party and they're like, well, I have no reason to continue to be in your party, uh, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I will never become story relevant ever again. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like this is really nice because it shows that Shadow actually cares about somebody. This is the first time I feel like we've seen Shadow working not for himself. Yeah, and not like there's be no a cop. selfish intention here. And not be, well, I mean, even then he was like kind of just working for Rouge. That's true. And his Shadow's motivations in Sonic 06 are dubious at best. <laughs> it does make sense to me though that he's like, yeah. So I want to save Omega, uh, a robot who's also a weapon created by somebody who no longer cares about him. Yeah. Like, he, reminds, he does feel that kinship with him. It reminds me of the sort of articulation that was put upon the relationship between Shadow and Emerald in Sonic Battle. Yeah. He's like, you're a gun, I'm a gun. Let's work this out. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're gun buddies. Like, it sucks, but, like, here we are, and we are alive, and that's great. Or terrible, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> And then he's a gun buddy in a very different way in Sonic 06. <laughs> yeah, he's a gun buddy in a very different way in Shadow the Hedgehog. That's, yeah, that's maybe the most friendly he gets with guns. <laughs> Man, <laughs> he's friends with guns and then he's friends with gun. <laughs> Terrible. God. Anyway, 
at this point, you get to the northmost point of Blue Ridge, and you fight the Marauders, and you get one more mention of... <coughs> Pardon my sneeze. And you get one more mention of Shade. And I think, don't you fight Shade here? Or are you just fighting a random Marauder? I can't remember. I think it's Shade. You'd have to fight Shade at this point after the mention. Like, this seems like a perfect time. Sorry, it's been a while and I never got to this part of my replay through, but that sounds well, logical enough. This is the scene when you fight Shade and then it's revealed that Shade is in Echidna, yeah? Yes. This Okay, I thought it was Shade, but I could not remember for sure. Because I know at this point they reveal that the Marauders are Echidnas. Yeah. And do they mention the term Nocturnus Clan at this point? Yes. Mm, okay. Because this is when it becomes most clear that they're kind of like a reference or at least like they're inspired by the Dark Brotherhood from... Wait, no, that's not what they're called. That's what this game is called. What are the group of Echidnas called in the Sonic Archie comics? The are they also just called the Dark Brotherhood? No, the Echidna clan is the good guys, but there's a group of Echidnas that left the, like, society and became evil Echidnas, in air quotes, like, on the lower planet from Angel Island. And they have a different name, and that's what the Nocturnus clan is kind of a reference to. But Ang that's, you know... screams and Ken Penders. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is one of the parts why Ken Penders thinks that this game stole his concepts. Because there's a group of Echidnas that are separate from the main Echidna tribe. Though I wouldn't be surprised if he was actually right. I, I mean, I think it's very clear that at least partial inspiration comes from the Archie comics because of swap bots alone. Yeah. Yeah. Not that... I don't know if, like, Ken Penders invented the swap bot or whatever. No, but. I think the... I mean, swap bots were in the Sad AM cartoon. I think that was before he was on board. Yeah, I know he came a little bit later. But at any rate, the, there are nods for sure. And then also there's a female echidna that was a bad guy that joins your team later. Spoilers. Shade joins your team. I was going to say, I feel like Shade? <laughs> Yeah, yes, it's Shade. The only named like character so far. Yeah, it's pretty clear that she joins your team if you've seen any promotional artwork for this game. Which I have somehow not. Incredible. I just, I but just, yeah. whenever I think of promotional art, I just keep thinking of that really dramatic picture of Chapter 2, The Search for Knuckles, which at yeah, the time I could Knuckles not take at is, all seriously. <laughs> where Knuckles' head is superimposed in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Also, Big the Cat is in that image, which is hilarious, because he hasn't, he is not interested in helping Knuckles at all. Big the Cat is never plot-relevant. Am I correct in that? I don't think anyone is plot-relevant once they become part of the gray goo that is Sonic's team. <laughs> That's true. Like, Knuckles is the one who has the most motivation, but Big joins basically just because Amy's there. He's like, oh, it's my friend Amy Rose. <laughs> and he refers to her, like, with first and last name for some reason. <laughs> it's my friend character name. Isn't that, it's kind of like that one character, that, like, Yeti from Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. Where he, he only joins because of the of Mog the Moogle. Right. He's like, you're my friend. I'll hang out with you and your new friends. We'll be friends together. And I'll, for some reason, be able to walk over poisonous gas because I'm big? Because he's dumb. And then it's also like because, because you're only playing as one character uh, at a time, when one person walks through the clouds, everybody else did too. But oh, like they're they're protected. It's like how Fry in Futurama is just uh, immune to the brains, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. To be fair, he's immune to the brains because he had he had sex with his own grandmother. Wait, I don't remember that plot point. <laughs> I mean, no, hold on. I do remember him having sex with his own grandmother. I don't remember the plot point that makes him immune to brains. The the like scientific explanation is that because he's his own grandfather, that created a like some kind of like birth logic loop like some kind of like like genetic 
situation that made him immune to the brain situation. That's crazy. Um, but, but basically, you beat Shade, <laughs> and she reveals that she's an echidna, and Knuckles is like, whoa, dude. Uh, I thought I was that, but you're that? That means there's more of me. <laughs> and that's kind of, you know, gonna mess him up, because I'm sure he already had trauma about being the last friggin' echidna ever. There's definitely, like, a lot of baggage going on in Knuckles' situation. Yeah, but, you know, the Sonic team doesn't have time for that. Neither does Knuckles. So they go to the, like, underground path that Eggman had, and this is how you end up in Metropolis. And it's at this point that we're going to stop talking about the plot mostly, but there are a couple of neat things that happen in the first stronghold that you start at if you talk to each of the party members. Yes. So, first of all, if you talk to Eggman, Sonic is like, hey, how, how's it going? And Eggman <laughs> says, it feels weird to be saving the world for once, but it's not bad. And then as Sonic, you can be like, yeah, you should keep saving the world. You can be like... Uh, yeah, don't get used to it. We're not hanging out for very long. <laughs> or you can just speed through the conversation. And as you go through this dialogue tree, it sounds like Eggman is genuinely enjoying helping people, and he's super weird about it. <laughs> there's there's a bit where, like, Tails and Eggman are talking, and Tails is like, well, what if we build this in a way that it doesn't kill people? And Eggman's like, what? <laughs> I mean, we could do that, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and it, I don't know, did you guys think that Eggman would betray the party at this point? No. Maybe. Do you I guys want to hear, want to hear some spoilers? Uh, let ahead. me tell you what I think is going to happen. Uh, what? I think Eggman's not going to betray the party, but he's going to leave the party and then later become a, like, obstacle. But, like, it's not going to happen at once. It's not that he immediately turns and is like, I was shade all along, and he rips off his face. And he's, and he's an echidna. <laughs> and he's an echidna. He's, he's not going to stab anybody in the back. He's going to, like, he's going to, like, take a step back, like, take off his, like, black cloak that he was inexplicably wearing and be like, just for the record, I'm evil now. See you later. And then the next time you see him, he's evil. Like, that's what I think happens. You know how I could tell that one way or another he wasn't going to be in the party? How? He gets way too easy a way to access an instant kill move for oh, all yeah. robotic enemies. He he has an instant kill for robots, and also he has like half the amount of moves as everybody else. Yeah. So he like also he's not move. in the party forever. Yeah. He also has a move that deals a ton of damage to every enemy. Yeah. So it's clear that he, like something's going on, but that's only from like a mechanical standpoint of having sort of this like rapport with RPGs. Yeah. But I would say as far as dialogue goes, it seems like he's interested in sticking it out. I don't think he's turned over a new leaf. Like, it's definitely like a, we are allied because it's convenient. But yeah. it's like, you know in Sonic Adventure 2, where like, they team up, and then after it's over, they just have like, heart to heart. And they're like, so I'm gonna be evil again the next time we see each other. But like, we don't have to think about that right now. You yeah, know? he also makes a face that's like, I'm a shy Eggman right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember, but I think he even has, like, the fingertips together. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely, definitely that vibe. He's definitely not comfortable doing good things. His mustache is sagging, and his, like, glasses are looking downwards, and he's like, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, there's a lot less hugging and frolicking than I expected. He's, this is almost fun. He's not used to being, like, vulnerable, you know? Yeah. To me, it feels like he will betray them, but 
it might not feel as good as he expected it to. Mm. I like this bit of like Eggman, like kind of feels bad about trying to kill them this time. Yeah. Like he doesn't go a full character transformation, but it's like one fifth of one. And then the other, I think, most interesting character dialogue that you can have is you can talk to Amy at this point. And throughout the game up until now, she'll be in your party a lot. So you have these opportunities to talk to her. And normally Sonic being snarky is one option. And then Sonic being inquisitive is the other option. But with Amy, it's frequently Sonic can be nice or at the very least, you know, sympathetic and not a complete, like, asshole. Yeah. And if you have been nice to Amy a lot, she'll thank Sonic for being that nice up until this point. And she'll say something like along the lines of, you know, I didn't expect you to be nice to me. It's yeah. not usually the way it works. And she'll mention <laughs> that you've grown and it's cool. I, I really like this bit because it's not just the game acknowledging your decisions, but also like her being like, this is not the dynamic that I'm used to. I'm used to you shitting on me. And me fawning <laughs> over you. And number one, yeah. I'm not fawning over you anymore, which is a positive change. And number two, you're not shitting on me anymore, which is another positive change. <laughs> but it's also, like, maybe making me rethink the not fawning over you, but, like, I don't know. You know? Where yeah. she's like, maybe I like you again, but I'm afraid to like you again. Yeah. And she even says, I think she says something along the lines of, I'm taken or whatever. Like, she's like, I'm... Dexter is still there? Yeah. Uh, she's like, uh, don't think that, like, you're, this is going to go anywhere, because, like, I'm still dating Dexter. A, yeah, she's like, I have a boyfriend after all. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sonic, like, raises one eyebrow. A very real boyfriend. One of his name... non-existent eyebrows. <laughs> Dude, he doesn't, okay, he doesn't have, like, hair in his eyes, but he definitely has, like, an eyebrow ridge. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Sonic character design. <laughs> But yeah, it's really cool to see that, you know, if your decision is to try and make it so that Sonic has grown during his time apart, that someone acknowledges that, even if not everyone does. It is weird, though, that, like, it's just with Amy, because I feel like that implies that there is some kind of romance, but also it feels very weird to be like, yeah, I'm going to be Sonic and I'm romancing Amy. Like, I don't like that. I, that's not what I want. <laughs> yeah, it's not optimal. No. The other options that you have are you can talk to Shadow... And it's most of the lines are kind of just animosity between the two. But you can try and have a more neutral interaction where Sonic just kind of reassures Shadow that they're going to find Omega. And then if you interact with Knuckles, it's kind of a similar thing. There's a little bit less animosity and there's more just them like telling each other that it's time to get going, you know. And Knuckles, you can tell him like just to get ready, or you can ask him what he knows about Shade and what he knows about the the Nocturnus clan in general, and you can kind of get some information out of him. And he sounds so unsure because he got whooped so hard, and he says a bunch of things that, like, make Shade seem to be really cool, which they, obviously, the writers want to do for the new character. Yeah. But I think it also does a pretty good job of just making the enemy seem scary. Yeah. Because Knuckles being scared is not a thing that we're used to at all. Well, it's also a good bit for, like, Knuckles was defeated by somebody, so that's how you know they're strong, but then also, like, Knuckles was defeated by a group of echidnas, yeah. who probably, like, their their source of strength is presumably the same as his. 
Right. It. This feels like it's got a lot more stakes for Knuckles. Like, he has the most motivation out of anyone, even yeah. more so than Sonic, I think. Like, Sonic and Tails are there to save the day. Amy is there because she probably secretly still likes Sonic. Yeah. It's not that much of a secret. <laughs> so so right now, it seems like, uh, obviously, like, Shade is going to join and, and stuff like that is going to happen. But it seems like the most important characters in the story, uh, as far as, like, their relevancy and the amount of attention that's going to be put on them, is going to be Sonic, Tails, Eggman, Amy, and Knuckles. Yeah, and well, like, and largely, Amy is not relevant to the story. She's just relevant to Sonic, who's oh, the sure. protagonist. Yeah. That reminds me. When I was looking, when I was kind of reviewing some of the story, like, through a playthrough. Uh, yeah. Team Chaotix is in the game, but, like, Vector, just Vector for one moment. I don't remember if he's ever brought up. He's working with Gun. Yeah, they mentioned that the Chaotix were looking through Green Hill, and that's how they found the Eggman bases that you have to go to. Yeah. But I'm guessing that just is not ever brought up again i don't remember seeing them at any other point in during any of my looking stuff up for this so i think they're just a toss away reference to kind of tie it to <laughs> heroes maybe they gave vector like a profile a profile yeah but a just the one profile oh that's another thing worth noting is that cream and omega are in this game and they haven't been in a sonic game since heroes right or yeah. no omega was in omega and 06. cream were in shadow yeah, and Omega was in 06, and Cream has, like, only been in the Riders games. At uh, this no, point. Sonic Rush. Plus Rush. No, Adventure, she wasn't in. Yeah, but she was in the original Rush. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, it's just, I think it's worth noting that this game is clearly taking some inspiration from Sonic Heroes. Like, it wants yeah. the, that cast in there. So I think that makes sense why Chaotix was mentioned. But it is weird that none of them are there at all, really. Yeah. I mean, like... Does Shadow, like, is Shadow ever relevant after you get Omega? Like... No, his motivations are not important. Like, is it okay if I say that kind of sucks? Yeah. It kind of sucks. Cause, it like, does, but I think it might be difficult for them to try and write an entire story that... <laughs> that makes every character relevant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean... Also... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm a fan of, like, this is a story where Knuckles is maybe the most important character because it's about, like, echidnas and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I'm a yeah, fan of that. Yeah, also because that's the Archie comics as well. Like, Knuckles very quickly <laughs> yeah. becomes the most important character. He's Ken Pender's surrogate son. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's I gotta read those son. comics, don't I? Well. Yeah, words. I know. <laughs> but, I mean, like, to a certain extent, it's kind of like if Shadow... And, and I know this is stupid because mechanically you just want to have multiple characters and also you got to have a game with shadow in it but like if shadow's not yeah. relevant then like a little bit what's the point of including him like it feels like a tease uh, because he can teleport that's true you're right next question <laughs> he does ha he does have objectively the coolest neutral attack animation yeah but it's it's just clear that they wanted to throw some characters in there and there's enough of a precedent for all the sonic characters just working together anyway that it yeah. kind of you can turn your brain off for it. Yeah. And I think it would be kind of weird to see them try and write Shadow into the story in a way that actually made sense because there's already so many moving gears here between Eggman and the Marauders. That's true. There are a lot of different groups. Like, Gun like, is here and somehow relevant. The only way that I can think of to make him want to be there is if you give a Chaos Emerald to the Nocturnus clan, and I would not like that. I'm glad that the Chaos Emeralds are not a huge part of this plot. Yeah. 
because I'm kind of uh, I don't know. Chaos Emeralds are fine, but I mean, I'm glad to see a story that doesn't involve them. They have I mean they have all the Chaos Emeralds like canonically they already have them. Yeah. Uh so they, that much is taken care of. But like it doesn't seem like they're the like the MacGuffin really. No, it seems kind of irrelevant, which is good cuz I want a story that doesn't just revolve around rocks. <laughs> it also it also is a good bit where like Eggman at one point in order to like gain the trust he's like if I had all the seven Carol Emeralds uh, we wouldn't be having this discussion because I'd be murdering you guys so like that's <laughs> how you know that like I'm unhappy with the situation <laughs> yeah so I guess that kind of takes us to the end here what did you guys think of the writing and plot in Sonic Chronicles the Dark Brotherhood I think it's the best writing Sonic has ever had in the games at least in the games yeah so we think that it beats battle? Yes. I think maybe. I think it's a little messier than battle, which maybe knocks it down. Yeah, I think the plot might be better, but the writing might not. It's difficult. They're both solid, though. Yeah. For Sonic games, for sure. And then even for, you know, a normal RPG, I think this is all right. Yeah. It's not amazing, but I do think that if you have the connection to Sonic, it'll certainly, it'll certainly do what it needs to. I think, like... And I say this as somebody who has not beaten the game, but I, like, want to play the sequel that never got yeah. made. Dude, you're... there. <laughs> some stuff goes down in this game. <laughs> I, I, I mean, places. like, doesn't it end on a cliffhanger? Well, that, but also, <laughs> there's, like, dimensional travel in this game. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it goes places. Do you think there is ever... Do, do you think we're too late to get a sequel to this game? Uh, Bioware will not be making it. <laughs> Because, like, we, we went a couple years before we got Sonic 4 Episode 2, so it's possible. Bioware is busy dealing with their own dumpster fires. They do not have the time to handle Sega's. That's true. See, what Sega needs to do is they need to buy out an RPG company. <laughs> just get just get Square Enix yeah, bought by yeah, Sega. Yeah, just buy Square Enix. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be that unrealistic at this point. What's the company that made the Mario & Luigi games? Oh, okay. Mario Luigi, I'm not sure. Uh, I thought you were going to say Mario RPG for a second. I was going to be like, uh, yeah, that's, Square, that's Enix. Square Enix. <laughs> but, uh, I yeah. think that's just intelligent systems, isn't it? It might be. I don't know. They made Paper Mario, but I thought they might have... No, it's somebody else. I forget. Was it Camelot? It was Mario and Luigi themselves made those games. They personally... Luigi was the coder and Mario was the artist. They had no designers. Yeah. And that's why it's called Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, because they were just trying to give themselves a little little boost. Yeah, you know? it's about brand awareness for the Mario Brothers. <laughs> it really is. Like, no <laughs> jokes. Yeah. Luigi was like, can I get equal billing? And Mario was like, fine. <laughs> Mario was like, yeah, but you're the second name. Okay, Luigi you're name like, number two, though. Just put me on the box, dude. Give me something. I just want, like... I'm a major character in 90% of titles. <laughs> major character? Laughable. <laughs> I'm a major character in Doki Doki Panic. I'm a major character in Doki Doki Literature Club. So, thumbs up, thumbs <laughs> down the writing and plot of this game. We already... We didn't say thumbs, <laughs> though. Thumbs up. I think I thumbs think we up. we did. I think I asked. I don't know if we answered. <laughs> Official ruling, Charlie. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, I'm a thumbs up too. I I felt in inclined to read every line of text that I saw. I think I mean I think it's a rough start, but I'm always like it always makes me interested in the next scene. 
it's a rough start until you hit Dexter, and then I think you're cruising. Yeah, I really, I think as soon as Dexter's mentioned, I like started paying more attention. I was like, "Excuse me, she's a boy. That's fake, right?" <laughs> and then she's like, "His name is Dexter, and he's an astrophysicist, and he's busy right now. He's got a plane, but you can't ride it because it's somewhere else." He owns three dogs, and they're all cooler than you, Sonic. Next. And he's faster than the speed of sound plus one. <laughs> he's a clone of... All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you can you can find our, <laughs> our Twitter at NoSpinDashZone, and you can also check out our email where you can send us your emails, NoSpinDashZone at gmail.com. Send them on down. Tell us what you think. Give us give us a shout. Send help. Scream at us. Don't scream at us. Yell at us. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter. Wait, hold on. Did we we got them? Is it okay for? I didn't miss one. You yeah. you can find oh, me yes. on Twitter. Uh, at Isaiah Games. That's I S I A H Games. Uh, can I can I plug my other podcast? Is that allowed? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, so I'm in but another. But you have to plug this one on that one. I'm. I'm. Also. I would. I would like to. I'm not the one it's who writes the plugs. It's equivalent exchange. Uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's like Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Uh, I will cut off your arm if we do not get a shout out on your other podcast. We. I didn't. I didn't get a shout out in on the first episode, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk to to Lena and see if we can get a shout out on on future episodes. Um, what do you mean you don't write the shoutouts? I she Is she there a script. It's so yeah she she wrote a script for the shoutout for episode one, and she's gonna write another script for episode two, and she does it separately, and it's just her yeah. doing it instead of. Oh, you mean like she does the outro, so she's the one who does all the all yeah. The plugs. Well, because there's okay, six thought, people I on the show. Meant- yeah, I thought you meant, like, she passed out, like, notes, <laughs> no. and it was like, this is what you're allowed to read on my show. There's... Like, that would make sense to me, but... <laughs> there's there's six people on the show, so if everybody did the shout-outs, then it would be, it would be 12 minutes of shout-outs. Yeah, that's fine. Um, it's already 12 minutes of shout-outs now. <laughs> that's true, that's why... And we have three people. Uh, but so, uh, it's a uh, actual play tabletop game podcast where we play the game uh interstitial which is a tabletop game based on kingdom hearts and also the campaign is set in the world of kingdom hearts and it's called kingdom hearts a forgotten era and if you like video games which presumably you do because you're listening to a sonic podcast and you like me which hopefully you do and you like tabletop games which you probably don't uh then give that one a listen yeah, what do you think the Venn diagram on people who like Sonic, Kingdom Hearts, and tabletop role-playing games? I mean, I'm in there, so presumably it's it's at least one. <laughs> I think that I largely fall into those categories. <laughs> I'm like theoretically into all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should listen to Kingdom Hearts: A Forgotten Era. <laughs> okay, Charlie, you go ahead and and get us get us out of here. Right. You can follow me at Draws Charlie, where I draw things every now and then. Uh, Do you want to announce you, that you're doing? No, that it, it could be outdated. Wait, it's going out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're ideally. listening to this, I am doing commissions, and right now there's still three, three uh, slots left. It's they're free. Just ask me, and if you want it sketch or digital, just specify that. Uh, the rules are there, but at Draws Charlie, uh, if you are a job seeker who found this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or not job seeker a um 
someone uh, who who found this because I decided that oh, advertising my podcast, yeah, hiring people. <laughs> well, also, thank you for listening to an entire episode. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! If you're trying to hire Charlie, you should do that. <laughs> That's my as someone who works with him, he's good. Yeah, he does things on time. Are we are we alive? Well, are we alive? I, am. I am. Did you you all just cut out? <laughs> oh no! Oh, sorry. Well, speaking of cutting out, bye. Spin dash you later. Spin dash you later. Yeah. Don't don't forget to eat chili dogs. We need to say don't that more. S- don't spin out while it's, you're on the road. It's it's uh, actually don't, it's not, especially if it's snowy out because this is the do winter. Do not spin out. Dr- stay safe, you guys. Yeah. This safe. is the no spin out zone. This is. We love you. <laughs> this is this is the no texting and driving zone. <laughs> bye. bye. We'd like to thank the LAG Radio Network for hosting our show on platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and lots more. If you enjoyed our show, you can find the rest of what the LAG Radio Network has to offer by searching for the LAG Radio Network on any of these platforms.